Welcome to Star Wars in 10. Now hit the intro. Fuck well, you have. You are now tuned in to a Star Wars show, so just sit back and let it flow. Clear your mind of what you know, and let the force be the course of where we go. As we take this journey far, far away, now let's hear what John Vader has to say. We would be honored if you would be joining us. What's happening, Star Wars Captain? How is everyone doing today? I hope everything is going good. So did you get a chance to watch The Book of Boba Fett yet? If you didn't, it's going to be okay. I'm not going to talk about it right now. It's too early to start throwing out spoilers. I couldn't do that to you. That would just be wrong at so many levels. But I will hype it up a bit and tell you to watch it as soon as you get a chance. Then go over to Lightsaber Radio tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern Time where we do a live breakdown and rating other show. Crack some jokes and just have a good time talking about it. Plus, the live chat is always open. So you can tell me what you thought of the show. It's a lot of fun. It's really hilarious. We have a really good time. So definitely come over and check that out. Okay, now that we got that out of the way, I wanted to talk about what we found out so far in this book. Just like a little recap. Bane is just trying to find out a way to live forever because he thinks Xana is never going to challenge him. Then we jump to a planet called Dawn and meet a Jedi named Med Tandar. They got killed by an Itachi woman. She can use the Force to stop others from using the Force. And that's where we're at so far. So let's get to the next part of the story right now. The nightmare was familiar, yet still terrifying. She is eight years old again. A young girl huddled in the corner of the small hut she shares with her father. Outside, beyond the tattered curtain that serves as their door, her father sits by the fire, calmly stirring a boiling pot. He's ordered her to stay inside, hidden from view, until the visitor leaves. She can see him through tiny holes worn in the curtain, looming over their camp. He's big, taller and thicker than her father. His head is shaved. His clothes and armor are black. She knows he's one of the Sith. She can see that he's dying. That's why he's here. Kaleeb is a great healer. Her father could save this man, but he doesn't want to. The man doesn't speak. He can't. Poison has swollen his tongue. But what he needs is clear. I know what you are, her father tells the man. I will not help you. The big man's hand drops to the hilt of his lightsaber and he takes a half-step forward. I am not afraid to die, Kaleeb tells him. You may torture me if you want. Without warning, her father plunges his own hand into the boiling pot over the fire. Expressionless, he lets the flesh blister and cook before withdrawing it. Pain means nothing to me. She can see the Sith is confused. He is a brute. A man who uses violence and intimidation to get what he wants. These things won't work on her father. The big man's head turns slowly toward her. Terrified, she can feel her heart pounding. She squeezes her eyes shut, trying not to breathe. Her eyes snap open as she is swept off her feet by a terrible unseen power. It lifts her into the air and carries her outside. Upside down, she is suspended by an invisible hand above the boiling cooking pot. Helpless, trembling, she can feel wisps of hot steam rising up to crawl across her cheeks. Daddy, she whimpers. Help me. The expression in Kaleeb's eyes is one she has never seen in her father before. Fear. All right, he mutters, defeated. You win. You will have your cure. Sarah woke with a start, wiping away the tears running down her cheeks. Even now, 
20 years later, the dream still filled her with terror. But her tears weren't those of fear. The first rays of the morning sun were streaming through the palace window. Knowing she wouldn't be able to fall back asleep, Sarah kicked aside the shimmer silk sheets and got up. The memory of the confrontation always filled her with shame and humiliation. Her father had been a strong man, a man of indomitable will and courage. It was she who was weak. If not for her, he could have defied the dark man who had come to them. If she had been stronger, he wouldn't have had to send her away. The dark man will return one day. Her father had warned her on her 16th birthday. He must not find you. You must go. Leave this place. Change your name. Change your identity. Never think of me again. That was impossible, of course. Kaleeb had been her entire world. Everything she knew about the healing arts and about disease, illness, and poisons she had learned at his knee. Crossing the room to her wardrobe, she began to sift through her vast collection of clothes, trying to decide what to wear. Her entire childhood had been spent wearing simple, functional clothing, discarding it only when it became too threadbare and worn to be mended. Now she could go an entire month without wearing the same outfit twice. She didn't dream about the Dark Man every night. For a while, in the first year of her marriage, she had hardly dreamed about him at all. Over the past few months, however, the dream had come more frequently. And with it, the ever-growing desire to learn the fate of her father. Kaleeb had sent her away out of love. Sarah understood that. She knew her father had only wanted what was best for her. That was why she had honored his request and never gone back to see him. But she missed him. She missed the feeling of his strong, calloused hands ruffling her hair. She missed the sound of his quiet but firm voice reciting the lessons of his trade. The sweet scent of healing herbs that had always wafted up from his shirt when he hugged her. Most of all, she missed the sense of safety and security she felt whenever he was around. Now, more than ever, she needed to hear him tell her everything was going to be okay. But that could never be. Instead, she had to cling to the memory of the last words he ever spoke to her. It's a terrible thing when a father cannot be there for his child. For this, I'm sorry, but there is no other way. Please know that I will always love you, and whatever happens, you will always be my daughter. I am Kaleeb's daughter, she thought to herself, still idly flipping through the hangers of her wardrobe. I am strong, just like my father. She finally selected a pair of dark pants and a blue top, emblazoned with the insignia of the Doan royal family, a gift from her husband. She missed him too, though it was different than it was with her father. Kaleeb had sent her away, but Garen had been taken from her by the rebels. As she dressed, Sarah tried not to think of her crown prince. The pain was too sharp, his assassination too recent. The miners responsible for the attack were still out there, but not for much longer, she hoped. Now this part starts off with a recap of Bane's visit to Khalid, but it is a flashback of what his daughter seen. She is dreaming of everything that had happened that day. How her father stood up to Bane, telling him that he was not scared to die. And then he plunged his hand into a boiling pot, showing that he could not be tortured. Her father knew Bane was a Sith Lord, and he was not going to help this man no matter what. She could see all this from the door of the hut. Could you imagine being in her shoes at that moment, Bane standing there looking at her father, ready to kill or torture him? 
That would be so terrifying for an eight-year-old to see. But she had no choice. This is when Bane feels her presence. He uses the force to pick her up and carry her out of her hut. She flies through the air and stops over the pot. She calls out for her father to help, and she sees something that she had never seen before. Her father, the great Khalid, was scared. Then he tells Bane to stop, and he would help him. This is when she wakes up from her nightmare. She blames herself for not being stronger, for causing her father to give up, and for being sent away. But here is the kicker. She wakes up in a palace, and she describes where she has came from to what she has now. But she missed her father, and she longed for his affection. But at the same time, she missed her husband. Not the same way that she missed her father. Her father had to send her away out of love. But her husband had been taken from her. The miners on Dawn had assassinated him. So her husband was the crown prince of Dawn. That's definitely a good turn of fate. To go from being a healer's daughter and living in a dirty shack most of her life to being a princess of an entire planet, she has some of the best luck in the galaxy. But she still wants the miners to pay for what they had done. And that's where this part came to an end. I hate fillers. I know we have to have them to tell the story, but why does it seem like every filler is just so dang boring to hear? Is there just something wrong with me, but I really, I just need action for some reason. But I think that's all we have for today. Join us tonight on Lightsaber Radio for the Book of Boba Fett Breakdown and tomorrow for more of this amazing story. We hope to see you there. Thank you for listening to Star Wars in 10. Tune in next time for more Star Wars adventures. If you would like to listen to other episodes of the show, you can follow us on all major podcast directories. If you enjoyed the show, we would really appreciate a five-star review. Once again, thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you. Star Wars in 10 was created by Kenai Shed and is distributed by Swaycast Network. This show was produced by Pickfield Media, sound designed by Theodore Thompson, researched by Leslie Schneider. I am your host, Kyle, and we will see you next time in a galaxy far, far away.